Good morning. I hope you're doing well today, and thank you for joining me as we begin a study of Romans chapter 14. There is some good stuff in Romans 14, and I thank you for making this podcast or this live lesson part of your day. Hope you're doing well today. It is a sunny morning in North Texas, and it's supposed to be like 70 degrees today, so another day in paradise, or should I say pollen dice. A lot of stuff in the air, but anyway, uh, it's a good day, and um, it's a good day to study Scripture, especially Romans 14. Lots of good stuff in here, so uh, thank you for making this part of your day. Okay, so let's jump right in. Romans 14, verses 1 through 3. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. So, an interesting verse, an interesting verse. If, if uh, you ever want to have fun with one of your vegetarian friends, say Romans 14, verse 2. Some believe in eating anything while the weak only eat vegetables, right? Um, out of context, it's kind of funny. But in context, it's an important point. It's an important point. Um, we must accept one who is weak in the faith, whose faith is weaker than ours. That's what Paul is saying. Um, you know, don't make spiritual maturity, don't make a certain kind of faith a requirement to be part of the group, to be part of the community, right? To to be part of the fellowship. Understand that. Different people are at different places in their life and in their faith, and that's okay. You should not exclude anybody because of that. That's what Paul is saying here, an important point. Uh, so what does it mean to be weak in the faith? Well, it can mean a couple different things. It can mean a couple different things. It could mean that somebody's new to the faith, that somebody's a new Christian, right? And they don't understand everything. It could mean that people have been brought up in a different denomination. It could mean that people have bad theology, right? That they don't understand theology the way that we do. Um, I mean, obviously, when we say bad theology, we mean the theology of others, right? Because quite frankly, if we believe their theology was right, that's where we'd go to church, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, they look at us and probably say we have bad theology. And in some ways, maybe we do. I don't know. Uh, but there is there is bad theology, which is denominational, and then there's bad theology scriptural. And that's what Paul's talking about, is that People who have bad theology, people who have come from the Jewish tradition of theology who don't understand, who don't have a clear understanding of the gospel, who still struggle to understand what the gospel is and what it means, what it means for, uh, for people of faith, that you know we are now saved by grace through faith, we are not saved by works of the law, right? And so that's bad theology that Paul is trying to get people away from, but I think what it looks like today, weak faith today, looks like anytime someone says you have to fill in the blank to be a Christian. You have to fill in the blank for me to believe that you are a Christian. You have to vote Republican for me to believe that you are a Christian. You have to vote Democrat for me to believe that you are a Christian. You have to give 10% for me to believe that you are a Christian. You have to, whatever it is, you have to go to church every Sunday for me to believe that you're a Christian. You have to believe all gay people are going to hell for me to believe that you're a Christian. You have to believe whatever. I mean, it, the list goes on and on, right? Um, 
for me to believe that you're a Christian. That is weak faith. That is weak faith. That is looking at um, other Christians in a black and white way and saying that if you don't agree with me on this, you clearly can't believe in Jesus, which is a problem. But it's not something when when somebody has that attitude, we are not to uh, we are not to kick them out of the community, right? We're still to welcome them and to try to figure out ways that we can be in community with them. Now, there is a difference between someone who is weak in their faith, right? Someone and someone who is purposely rebellious, right? Trying to draw people away from the community, trying to draw people away from the faith that that we understand, the scriptural faith that we understand. Uh, and so we need to we need to be clear about that. But okay, let's talk about vegetables. Um, so there are people back then, there were people um, who refused to eat meat for spiritual religious reasons, right? They could have, that it's meat that could have been sacrificed to an idol, to a pagan god. It could, maybe it wasn't kosher, whatever. And so there were people who were sticking to Jewish dietary regulations. And so instead, they just ate vegetables. And then there were other Christians who said, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm not worried at all about any of that. Uh, so I'm just going to eat meat. Um, and so basically, those who ate meat looked at those who didn't like, you guys don't get it. And those who didn't eat meat looked at those who did eat meat and thought, well, you guys don't get it. You clearly can't believe um, in Jesus, right? You don't understand Jesus if you're eating meat, or you don't understand Jesus if you're not eating meat. Um, So in Paul's mind, the weaker one was the stricter one, the one who was holding fast to Jewish dietary regulations. The weaker one was the stricter one, which is an interesting thought. I mean, it's it's very interesting because we could take a deep dive into this, that the more strict we are, you could say the more weaker we are in our faith. Uh, and so um, because strictness is legalism and legalism takes away the grace of God. And so, um, you know, because basically what you're saying is that you are earning your salvation. So, um, however, however, the weak ones do not see themselves as the weaker ones. Very rarely does the, the stricter one understand themselves as the weaker one. I mean, this never happens where the weak one sees themselves as the weak one. I mean, it just doesn't happen that way, right? Uh, they thought they were the strong ones and that the meat eaters were the weak ones. Uh, but legalism has a way of making us think that we are strong, that we've got it right, and that others don't. That's the self-righteousness that comes from thinking that we are going to please God because of our works. I mean, this is, you see this every day in American Christian, the American Christian culture, right? Um, and, and, and this is what basically what Paul is saying is that, you know, it's those who uh, trust in God's grace who are the stronger ones in their faith. Uh, and so I find that to be a really interesting duality here uh, within this, the first three verses. So uh, let's go to the next three verses, verses four through six. Paul says, Who are you to pass judgments on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also, those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. So, 
Okay, lots of stuff here. Basically, what Paul is saying is don't judge others. You are not their master. It is not your place to judge. So don't judge others. Don't judge other Christians. Don't judge anyone. Don't judge anyone else. You're not in charge of them. You do not need to judge them. It is not your place to judge them. So don't. Just don't. Um, there is a lot of harmful division in the world, in families, in communities, in friendships, because of judging the way we judge one another. Right? Paul is saying, just rise above that. Don't worry about that. It's not your place to worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. it not at all. Um, and I love how he says, some people say that this is a good day. Other people say it's not so good. You know, it. who knows? Who knows what's good and what's not good? It's not your place. I, I love this. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. It's like, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It's not up to you. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Uh, but um, judging others is a place, uh, an inap- is inappropriate, especially in matters of conscience. This is important, very important. Um, so so he is, Paul is talking about more about spe- uh, principles than specific issues. Um, so it's more than just about eating meat. Paul is willing to leave it up to the conscience of the individual. But whatever we do, we must be able to do it to the Lord, not using our conscience, conscience as an excuse for sin. So he says, those who observe one day, observe it in the honor of the Lord. Also, those who eat, eat in the honor of the Lord. Those who abstain, abstain in the honor of the Lord and give thanks. So if you believe that God, you know, through studying scripture, through, you know, prayer, through being a part of a community, if you believe God is saying X, and because God is saying X, you are living your life consistent with that, and another person says, no, it's Y. It has to be Y. It's like, basically, if someone else is living their life differently with their understanding of God being that way, you know what? Unless they're breaking a law, it's not our place to judge. That's what this is saying. If they're doing it to honor God and to give thanks to God, let them do it. It's not our place to judge. Uh, So, which is difficult, which is difficult because you look at some of the things that Christians do, the the Christians who stand outside of sporting events and hold signs and tell people that they're going to hell and all that stuff. And it's like, do they, do they, are they doing that because they think they are honoring God and giving thanks to God for what, uh, what God has done for them? Probably. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really know. I think that's their best way of honoring God as they understand it. Um, I would say that's bad theology, but, and I would say that's not the best use of time or the best use of, uh, best way to proclaim God's, the kingdom is near. Uh, but, but if they feel like they are honoring God and giving thanks to God, it's not my place to tell them that they shouldn't do it. Even if I disagree with it, right? Even if I disagree with it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting first six verses and uh, verses seven and eight. I mean, just we just continue. Paul just keeps continuing with good theology here. 
We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Powerful. I mean, these two verses are so powerful. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Uh, you know, we are not by ourselves. We are not. Uh, we are not in this wife by ourselves. We are not alone. We are not an island. You know, we are not the masters of our own life. We are not the ones who are going to judge ourselves. Uh, we are not the one who judge others. Uh, whose responsibility it is to judge others. And so, you know, do what we can to uh, do do what we feel our conscience, which is you know. Basically, Luther's third use of the law, the spirit that's within us, that's guiding us, that's telling us kind of what's right and what's wrong as far as life goes, the, the decisions we make, the, the motivation behind the life that we live, uh, do, do those things to honor God and to give thanks to God and do it for the Lord. You know, whatever we can do, we, we live to the Lord, we die to the Lord, uh, we are the Lord's, live for the Lord. You know, and so it's it's a reminder from Paul just to put everything into perspective, put everything into perspective and make it all about God, make it all about God. Uh, And he's going to continue this in the uh, as we get further into the chapter. And so let's go to verses 13 through 15. Paul writes, let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. If your brother or sister is being injured by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Do not let what you eat cause the ruin of one whom Christ died for. Okay, good stuff here. Good stuff here. Um, we we could cause someone else who is new to the faith, someone who maybe doesn't have the theology, theological training that we have, or uh, to fall in a couple of ways. Uh, you know, we can use our self-righteousness to beat them down and to make them feel guilty. Like, hey, you know, you are a you are doing this wrong. You are doing this Christian thing wrong. And um, or we can do it by enticing them to do something that they consider a sin, right? In their conscience, they think that eating meat is a sin. And so don't be the one who then talks them into eating meat because for them, they're crossing a line that they're not comfortable with, right? And so don't be the one who who call, draws them into temptation. There are things that you might do that you might consider, uh, you might not consider sinful, that I would feel uncomfortable doing, plain and simple. There are some things that you might just be like, yeah, that's no, it's not a big deal. And there are some things that I might do that I don't consider are a big deal, but you might consider uh, it a line you're not ready to cross. You know, I mean, there's some, uh, any, you know, a number of different, you look at cuss words and uh, little lies and all, you know, the, the way that we raise our children and all kinds of things, you know? Uh, and so we have to, we have to, as, as people who are called to love one another, do not be a stumbling block for the other, right? If, if you're eating dinner with somebody who is uncomfortable eating meat, you know what? Don't eat meat for a meal. 
don't eat meat for a meal. Don't eat meat. When, you know, uh, if Jesus was willing to give up his life for the sake of that person, then be willing to give up brisket for one meal, right? I mean, it's okay. It's not going to kill you. You know, do all that you can to show love for the other, even if it means being uncomfortable for a meal or a day or wearing a mask in public or whatever it might be. I mean, uh, don't make everything about yourself. Make it about where we're doing all that we can to honor God and to give thanks for God and to show love to God and to our neighbors. So Paul is saying, don't be a stumbling block. Don't be somebody that makes others go, man, those Christians, I just, I just don't want anything to do with them, right? Be willing to love your neighbor by agree, not necessarily agreeing with them, but um, pacifying them for the moment, right? Don't try to make them feel so, you know, through your own self-righteousness, don't try to make them feel like they're doing something wrong. Uh, don't do something they consider. Don't try to talk them into, you know, sinning, you know, crossing that line. Uh, it's an important way that we can love one another as Paul talks about here. Okay. Verses 17 through 19. For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. Let us then pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. The one who serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. Uh, important, important verse. An important verse. Probably one that you're unfamiliar with. The one who thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and has human approval. The higher call of the kingdom of God is it's more important than food and drink. It's more important than American politics. It's more important than fill in the blank. It's more important than whatever else you can put in there. The higher call to the kingdom of God is to um, serve God and have human approval, which means do not do not be a stumbling block to others. Do not, do not get in the way of the life others are trying to live as best they can with their faith and through their conscience. You know, so instead, work for peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace, righteousness, and joy. If those three things were the motivation to our life, peace, right? I want peace in my life, which means I'm not going to cause conflict. I'm not going to engage others in conflict. I'm not going to use my faith as a weapon against others right? Righteousness. I'm going to do my best to love one another, to do, to live the life that God wants me to live, right? And joy, to be, to, to be joyful, to be grateful for what God has done for me, to, to look on the bright side of things, to always be optimistic, to, to believe that tomorrow is going to be better than today, to believe that when Jesus says he's going to make all things new, that he's going to make all things new and that he's going to restore things to the way they used to be and things are going to be better in the future, you know? And, and so in this life, if we pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbringing, as Paul says, then we are living a life where we build each other up instead of tearing each other down. Judgment tears people down. But in what ways can we as people of faith build each other up? That's what Paul's telling us to do, right? We build each other up, which means we, you know, those who have weaker faith, who are more strict, who are more legalistic. You know, it's not necessarily that we say, yeah, you're right. No, we're not saying you're right. But we're not going to let our difference get in the way of our relationship. And, and, and we are struggling with that big time today, where our differences are more important than our relationship, where our differences are more important than our faith, 
than, than what God is calling us to do and who God is calling us to be. Um, so get over yourself, basically is what Paul is saying. Get over yourself. Make it about Jesus. Pursue peace and mutual upbuilding. There you go. Okay. Verses 22 through 23. This is a good chapter, folks. This is a good. I hope you're enjoying this chapter as much as I am. I'm getting a little preachy this morning, but that's who I am. It's what I do. Okay. Verses 22 to 23. The faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God. Blessed are those who have no reason to condemn themselves because of what they approve. But those who have doubts are condemned if they eat because they do not act from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. A new definition for sin, right? Okay, so in the Old Testament, we have all these laws that tells us what is a sin and what isn't a sin. Jesus came and kind of interpreted some of those laws. But Paul, right here, verse 23 says, whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Whoa, whoa, wait a second. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. So uh, basically the faith that you have, have as your own conviction before God, you know? And so basically Paul says, you're responsible for your faith. And if there's anything in your life that is getting in the way of your faith, get rid of it. Why are you still holding on to it? What's the point of having it? Judging others, judging others. If that's a part of your life, that is getting in the way of your faith. Why are you still doing it? Right? What else do you have in your life that you're holding on to that is getting in the way of your faith? Get rid of it. Because real happiness, real joy is found in being closer and closer to God. Closer and closer to Jesus. Right? We have all these things in our life that we think are going to make us happy, but Paul says, you want to find happiness, you want to find joy, get rid of all the things in your life that are hindering hindering you from having a closer relationship with God. Get rid of it. Let it go. Just let it go. And then he says, whatever is not from faith is sin. And we surround our, our lives with things that are not of faith, right? It's not that they're necessarily evil, but they're not of faith, right? Uh, so, you know, it's basically the gray areas, the time, you know, this isn't really sinful, is it? But can you do it in a faithful way, right? Can you play sports in a faithful way? Well, I think so. Can you watch TV in a faithful way? I don't know. I don't, maybe. Depends on what you're watching, right? You know? Uh, but whatever is not of faith, then it is of sin. So if there's something in your life that you're unsure about, what is the motivation behind it? What is it? I mean, is it going to make you happy? Is it going to give you joy? You know, but is it is it all about you? Is it about serving? You know, and so it's, I don't really, this is a difficult one for even me. I mean, I say even me like I'm an expert, right? Like I'm, well, I know this so well, but no, but I mean, it, but it's a difficult one. If it is not a faith, it is a sin. Well, I mean, going to the movies, that's not like of faith, right? It's just something to do. It's a way to relax. It's a way to have some Sabbath time, maybe. I don't know. I've been to the movies in over a year. I forgot what it's like, but you know, it, 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 but it's Paul saying, Look at your life. Look at every part of your life. Look at every part of your life. And, and the things that are not of faith, it's a sin. That's what Paul says. You know. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to end it by saying it's, a, it's an opportunity to reevaluate. You know, Paul is saying that 
the closer we get to God, the more joy and peace we have in life and get rid of everything else that is hindering us, that is a stumbling block from us getting to God, including the way we treat others, the way we judge others, the way we make others feel guilty, the way we make them feel like they don't under, you know, like they're not as smart of when we are talking about others, do all that we can for peace and mutual upbuilding. Do what we can to build each other up, to show God's love to one another, and uh, and we grow closer to God and we find joy. Uh, so we will leave it there. That is Romans 14. We will look at Romans 15. Um, I'm hoping that we can do this on Thursday. I do have uh, some board meetings this week, and uh, I don't know all that is going to entail yet. So uh, I'm 50-50 right now if I can do this on, on Thursday, but I hope so. So thank you so much again for joining me as we go through Romans uh, 14. Some great stuff, and I hope that uh, this is helping you. And if you have questions, let me know. If you have questions, you know, put them in the comments here on Facebook or send me an email if you're listening on uh, the podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Nick at AbidingGraceDFW.org. Everyone have a wonderful day. We'll close with a word of prayer. Uh, good and gracious God, we thank you for the gift of faith, and we pray that uh, as we go through our lives that we uh, can live in a faithful way, that we can uh, build others up, that we can live a life of peace, uh, that we can do all that we can so that others might see your grace uh, and come to know your love. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, have a wonderful day. Take great care of yourselves, and we will see you soon.